Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Anyway, Facebook's now live because I didn't press the button. Um, there you go. So, um, yeah, well, um, hold on a minute. Oh, my God, Facebook. There's comments already before I even started. Holy moly. That is the sort of reach we need, you know. And they said I wasn't a real, a proper influencer. I mean, if any more evidence is needed if anyone thinks that this guy right here is not a proper influencer i got three comments from three different people on face actually no it's not facebook it's on youtube oh my god i've got three comments on youtube before i've started i can't believe that i, I, I don't believe that because it goes wow my god Right, what do we got? Amy Jade, yay, finally get an early finish so I can watch a live live. It's a live live, Amy. I hope I don't let you down. This is a live live. This is happening. Sophia is clapping her hands, I think. Is that a hand clap or a shake or something? Amy, oh my God, YouTube's gone mad. I mean, this is this is my break, I think. What's the date? 6th of July, marking your diaries. Today's the day. Look at that. YouTube's just gone mental. Hello, everyone. Good to finally make one of these on time. Amy, and that's a different Amy to the other Amy. We've got two Amys who are happy to be here. Jess is happy to be here. Hello. Ha uh ha. -huh. Yeah. Donatella, big up yourself, Donna. Nice to see you here tonight. I called you Donna. That's quite good, isn't it? Donna. You're not a Donna, are you? No. You're not a Donna. <laughs> It's like, anyway, yeah. Uh, D, hi, Jonathan. Is it possible to move, move the breast crease straight in with a the question there? D is not messing about. None of this, hello, nice to be here. D, that's what we need. Come on, straight in. Is it possible to move the breast crease? D, yes. It is possible to move the breast crease. In fact, it is often necessary to move the breast crease because the breast crease, when you're doing a breast augment, I don't know what the context is, D, so I'm just going to go ahead and, make up a context uh, but feel free to tell me if i've got the wrong context so um so if you have a um putting breast implants in the crease is 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 often a bit too high for with with your breast when your breast is smaller when your breast is bigger then if you kept the crease in the same place then the implant will be sitting too high and the nipple will look like it's sitting too low and the geometry of the breast wouldn't be good so often in patients with small breasts you actually need to lower that crease to um, give the geometry of the breast a uh, better balance and to make sure the nipple is centered on the breast slash on the implant. And one of the problems or one of the complications of uh, breast augmentation is malposition in terms of the implant not sitting right. And that means the implant can sit high um, with, it, with the nipple looking low and it looking odd, or the implant can descend low and you get so-called bottoming out where the implant's sitting too low and then the nipple is looking like it's sitting too high. So both are not good. And uh, so therefore you have to make sure you get the crease in the right place. But actually moving the crease is part of doing a breast augmentation and is often uh, necessary when you're doing 
surgery uh amy you've made it to official influencer is that right amy so what is that it i need four four or five comments on influ in youtube when i'm there so um d sorry no i'm not rare i get on here so straight in oh you're not what so yeah no get straight in d get straight in so yeah um that's a good name slim with bex on one on one to one diet you have a name like that? Well, obviously you can have a name like that because that is your name. Hi, can I ask what type of tummy tuck you do, please? With drains or without? Brazilian, question mark. Um, well, I do different types of tummy tuck, and there are different types of tummy tuck, slim with becks. And the different types of tummy tuck normally refer to how much skin is removed. So you've got a mini tummy tuck, you've got a full tummy tuck, fleur de uh, circumferential. Those are the main ones. Now, what you're referring to is a full tummy tuck. And then within a full tummy tuck, there are different nuances on how you do the full tummy tuck with and without drains and the Brazilian tummy tuck. I've got to be honest with you, Slim with Bex on one-to-one -one diet. I'm not convinced that there's that much difference, you know, Brazilian, what they call a Brazilian tummy tuck and a... I don't know what you want to call it, a normal full tummy tuck. And I did a blog post about this. And after I did my blog post on it, the blog post was basically saying, I don't think there's much difference. I've got loads of people inquiring wanting a Brazilian tummy tuck. I'm like, yay. I don't I don't know if I should call mine a Brazilian tummy tuck. Um, now, I do use drains. And that is one of the things that they talk about with a Brazilian tummy tuck. And with there are a lot of people who don't use drains when they do a tummy tuck. Now, any time that you find that there's a sort of difference of opinion, as long as it's not like one person on their own doing something and everyone else is doing something else. But a lot of times, in term, particularly in plastic surgery, there'll be some people who do one thing and some people do another thing. And it might be that one person will say, this is the best way of doing it. And then another person doesn't do it that way. And you think, well, what's going on there? And anytime there's lots of different ways of doing it, to be quite honest with you, Slim with Bex, that means there's no best way of doing it. Uh, because if there was a best way of doing it, we'd all do it. If drains were best, we'd all use them. If not drains were the best, none of us would use them. So I'm not saying drains are the best. Uh, I can see the benefit of not using drains, no question about it. And the main benefit of not using drains is that patients don't like drains, fact. And we are definitely moving away from drains in general in plastic surgery. And I am moving away from using drains in plastic surgery. There's only a handful of operations I still use drains in. You know, breast uh, implants, I never use drains. Breast lifts, I never use drains. Many breast reductions, I don't use drains, only for bigger breast reductions, tummy tucks, capsulectomies. Those are the only real operations that I still do use drains. So there's a few operations I still do use drains. So I can definitely see the benefit of not using a drain in terms of patient discomfort, in, pain, in terms of getting up and about, and you don't have these tubes connected to you, etc. Um, the reason I still use drains in tummy tuck is because I worry about mainly seroma, not so much hematoma. Hematoma is blood collecting inside, which can happen the day of the surgery. And to be quite honest with you, that can happen whether or not you use drains. But the main reason I use it is because of seroma, because there's a sort of dead space there when you do a tummy tuck. There's a space underneath the skin where you've pulled that skin down. And the drains that I use are suction drains. So they suck that skin together and they help it to stick down. And uh, I think that's useful in the first day or two. Um, usually the first day, to be honest with you, you only have the drains usually in one night. The drains come out the next day. And I think that's useful having that suction there. Now, there are other things people do. People use the glue. They can spray glue in there and get the glue to stick down. I worry that in your recovery, you cough, you move, you get a bit of shear, and that glue might not uh, stick so well. The other thing that people are doing is uh, um, quilting. 
the, the space down. And I do also quilt the space down and I have found that's reduced the drainage. And it may be that quilting will replace the need for draining their patients, but at the moment I'm quilting and putting drain in. Um, so that is one thing uh, that's different with the Brazilian one. And the other thing that's different, but to be honest with you, from a patient point of view, it's not gonna make a result different really and you can't tell that's a that's the one with drain that's the one without drain when you look at a post-op result it's more for the you know it's for the risk profile and people who don't use drains say they get very low seroma rates so they can justify not using drains now the way i justify it is that my seroma rate is almost zero i'm not going to say zero because i did have a seroma a few years ago but it's very rare to get a seroma um but uh you know it's it's not very common at all so even if your serum rate is sort of 0.8 percent or i don't know what a normal serum rate is you know it's mine is still you know lower than that so um so that's why i do use them um the other thing about a brazilian tummy tuck is people do talk about doing uh, liposuction to the upper skin flap to the to the upper abdomen which i don't do because i worry about the vascularity now it's very rarely required because the upper skin flap is pulled down so the skin from your rib cage to your belly button is pulled down and stretched so even if you have got a bit of fullness there and you think oh a bit of lipo there you very rarely need it because it gets pulled down now if you do need it and particularly if you've got an extra roll of skin there um and, and a lot of fullness up there then you might need another procedure to have that um, addressed uh, in my hands, whereas some people who would do some liposuction there could argue that that would uh, get rid of that. Now, the reason I don't do liposuction there is because I worry about the vascularity of the skin, which might impede the wound healing and make you uh, an increased risk of having problems with healing. So it's always a balance. There's good and bad about doing that liposuction. Uh, but again, I think it's not going to make a dramatic difference to most people. Um, and therefore, I don't think personally that you will be able to tell and say this person's had a Brazilian tummy tuck, this person's not, um, simply because of the liposuction to the upper abdomen and the drains. The other things that they talk about with the Brazilian tummy tuck, limited undermining centrally, um, liposuction to the hips and flanks is standard with, a, with a, I, I think, a modern-day a, a modern tummy tuck. We all do that. So I don't think that's particularly new with a Brazilian or different with a Brazilian. So, um, so I don't know what to call mine. I'll call mine a modified Brazilian, but I just called it a full tummy tuck, to be honest with you, uh, because these things also I don't think will make a huge difference to patients, which is what it's about. You want to get a, as good a result as you can get. And I think we're all trying to give patients the best result possible. Those people who are promoting the Brazilian tummy tuck, those people who are not, but we're both trying to do the best result we can and give you the good result. So I would say a bit like the implant thing, choose your surgeon, spend time researching and choosing your surgeon don't worry too much about the nuances of whether they use drains or not and whether they're going to do lipo to the upper abdomen or not. Choose someone who you think is going to give you a good result, who's getting good results. Um, and that is the most important thing. So what's happened here? Slimmy Bex, I will check out your blog. Thank you. Yes, it's called something like the Brazilian. It's got Brazilian tummy tuck in the title. I can't remember what it is. Do, do, anyway, we should be able to find it. Um, Louise, how long after uh, uplift with implants surgery can you drive? I'm going to say at least a, uh, uh, a year. Oh, God. Indeterminate. Oh, look. Danny Stiano is joined. Oh, embarrassing. God, family members joined. Oh, God. Keep it together, Jay. Keep it together. <sighs> Professional. Got to think like the pros. Yeah. 
I mean, the pros on TV and stuff, they don't think family members are watching. They just go for it. Um, where was I? Driving after a lift with implants. Louise, the answer to your question is, I'm going to say a couple of weeks, two to three, maybe two. See how you feel. You've got to check with your car insurance company, check there's not a certain amount of time. They might say it's up to the doctor, in which case you could always talk to Vicky. She'll talk to you about the healing and stuff like that. And um, yeah, two, two, two weeks. The first week you feel a bit rough. It's you know, second week you should be two weeks should be all right. Um, Slim with Bex on one to one diet. Uh, do you use general anesthetic? Yes, I do. Slim with Bex. Yep, I do use general anesthetic. <clears throat> and for tummy tucks, I still use general anesthetic for tummy tucks. And I know you can do local, local sedation with tummy tucks, but for me, it's just a bit pushing the boundaries. But I know people are doing it and getting good results. And I have done it and had good results, to be fair. I didn't, you know, it was it was fine when I did it, but I still would default back to a general anesthetic for that. Amy on YouTube, it's lovely to see. I mean, what's happened to you? What have I done to make YouTube? I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Amy. Hashtag, I mean, she's even using the hashtag ask JJ. What more? Oh my God, Jane's asked a question on Instagram. Do you know what I was thinking of doing tonight? I don't know what you think about this. Clubhouse. Any views on Clubhouse? Do you know what that is? It's like an audio um, platform. I don't know. Can I do it while doing an Instagram live on my phone? Can I record the somehow a Clubhouse at the same time? Anyone know that sort of stuff? I don't really, and I don't, I talk, people, a lot of people talk about Clubhouse, but I don't really um know much about it anyway um amy hashtag ask jj ideally uh ideally like to come to you for a ba researching local surgeons in norfolk first do you recommend any if i don't click with one i'm coming to you <clears throat> loved your book and have shared with friends oh amy thank you get them to write to me and i'll give them um send them a copy um Yes, I do know uh, good surgeons in Norfolk because I was in Cambridge uh, for a short period of time, which is sort of linked with Norfolk. And um, Richard, um, Richard is a great surgeon. <laughs> Haywood, Richard Haywood is a fantastic surgeon in and a lovely, lovely guy, uh, a good friend of mine. And he's a lovely guy in Norfolk and he does breast surgery and I can not recommend him more highly because I'm um, he's a really, really nice guy. So Richard Hayward is your man. Norfolk is a lovely, beautiful place to live, uh, but blinking miles from anywhere. It takes ages to get here. So, um, yeah, Amy, go and check out Richard Hayward because he's a living legend in the, the uh, breast surgery and does a lot of breast re reconstruction uh very good very talented surgeon and a good friend of mine so give him my love if you see him um so uh d what other procedures would you do for the fullness in the upper tummy if no lipo so uh very rarely i can think of one that i did a year or two ago i did some lipo up here after the tummy tuck but very rarely need to do anything d so the two things you're going to need to do if anything is liposuction if it's just a bit of extra fat or if it's a massive weight loss patient who's literally got rolls of skin below their breast then you're looking into the realms of reverse abdominoplasty which is something people talk about a lot they talk a lot about reverse abdominoplasty hardly anyone needs a reverse abdominoplasty it's a massive weight loss patient with literal rolls underneath their uh, underneath their breast in the upper abdomen rolls of extra skin and then you do an incision 
sort of like the horizontal incision for a breast reduction, but it meets in the middle. So it's equivalent of a tummy, but uh, a tummy tuck, but at the top. So um, usually it's um, it's liposuction, or you could look at all those other non-surgical types of liposuction, the freezing and the radio frequency and the heating and the goodness knows what sort of ones. They might be something you could look at if there is a bit of fullness up there or weight loss might help those bits. Right, I'm going to go over now because because people are talking on Instagram, which is I'm not going to I'm not going to ignore you, Instagram. I am not. Um, Jane for D. How do you get rid of lines around the mouth? XXX. I'm desperate. Um, oh, Jane, don't be desperate. Shall I grow a beard like yours so then no one will see them? Jane, are you are you implying that I've grown a beard to hide my lines around my mouth? Huh? <laughs> hey. No, don't don't grow a beard, Jane. Um, so I got a full disclosure. I don't do facial plastic surgery, but in order to get rid of lines around the mouth, you could consider filler. Uh, filler might be good for that or um, to, if there's some deep lines and creases or maybe some kind of resurfacing. Um, so resurfacing sort of basically takes the top layer of the skin off. So if there's sort of lines and wrinkles like that, take the top layer of the skin off and it smooths the skin a bit. Um, various ways of resurfacing, basically um, burning the skin in some way. This is why I don't do it, because I'm not selling it very well, am I? But you basically burn the skin, whether it's with acid or with laser or with or you dermabrasion, you rub the top layer of the skin. Somehow you destroy the top layer of the skin. Um, and that would be resurfacing if there's lots of fine lines. Uh, if there's um, deeper lines, then you could consider filler. Uh, I don't do either of those procedures, so... Um, probably better speaking to someone i just grow a beard but um but yeah uh filler or uh, or resurfacing would be my uh thing and it's really a cosmetic doctor so a lot of plastic surgeons do it and there's lots of doctors who do it sort of cosmetic doctor type people um who do it um i don't know where you are where you're based uh, claire oliver is someone who um i know quite well she's down in Henley and arden she does a lot of this sort of non-surgical world stuff and, uh, you know, there are some people who sort of really specialise in that and go into all the, you know, the nuances of all the facial and the aesthetics and stuff. And so I sort of leave it to them rather than dabbling in that. You know, I just stick with the surgery. You know, I'm a surgical guy. If you've got a surgical thing, I'm all yours. If you've got a, like a non-surgical thing, Botox fillers and stuff, I'm like, mm, I'm surgery, really. Uh, it's, my, it's my niche uh what is going on here thank you really uh where are we up to uh don't click with one what other procedures done it thank you amy jade do you have a long waiting list at the moment i don't know amy i think uh they talked about this the other day i'm gonna say august for consultations maybe where are we now june july august that's only next month maybe longer that doesn't sound very good does it Maybe what's a month after August, September, maybe September. Yeah, so that's not long, is it? That's for consultations. Uh, surgery. Uh, do you know what, Amy? I'm making this up. Oct I don't know. I don't know. It depends what it is, Amy. If you want local anesthetic sort of stuff in the clinic, obviously that's, well, maybe not obviously, but that's quicker. But for general anesthetic cases, a couple of months maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that. It's certainly getting more lists. And the problem is, Amy, they phoned us yet. No, they phoned us today. I was going to say yesterday and said, oh, we've got some lists for July, you know, really short notice. So they are phoning us with short notice of lists, but it's great they're doing that. But it's hard to, to fill short notice lists because I think people want a bit of um, 
notice, but it is great that we're getting some lists back with the hospitals. So it is it is really good. Um, Slim with Bex. I'm in Norfolk too. Does Richard do tummy tuck too? Yeah, of course he does. I'm sure he does because he's like me. He did breast reconstruction using the tummy. So we we take a big bit of the tummy and, and reconstruct the breast with it. Um, so called Dieppe flaps. I don't know if you've heard of that, but um, but but we're you know that that's uh, when you do a Dieppe flap, you're basically doing a tummy tuck. So yeah, he he definitely does uh, does tummies as well. And uh, as I say, he's a highly recommended guy. And if you're in Norfolk, you should look no further. Um, Amy Lawson, thank you so much. We'll check him out and pass on your love. Please pass on my gratitude to your receptionist. One called me last week and she was absolutely lovely and down to earth. Look at that. That's a sort of that's a sort of um, endorsement we need. Do you have to lose weight before surgery? Yes, Jess, you do, my friend. You do have to lose weight before surgery um, because you don't want to lose weight after surgery, basically. Two reasons, Jess. One reason, because your risk of complications will be less at a lower weight. They normally talk about a BMI of 30. is sort of normally bandied about as being the complication thing. If you've got a BMI above 30, you've got a higher risk of complications, lower than 30, lower risk of complications. However, it is a spectrum. It's not like suddenly the switch is flicked at 30. Um, but the other thing, uh, Jess, is that you are going to get a better result if you get your weight down first. I don't know what surgery you're thinking of, but it doesn't really matter, to be honest with you. Most surgery involves body reshaping. And if you lose weight after surgery, that can have an effect on your body. You might have some spare skin if you have a tummy tuck or if you have a uh, some kind of breast procedure and you lose weight afterwards you could get a bit of a droop to your breast you could have been a bit of a hang to your tummy and we could have made it tighter if you'd lost weight first so that's really important so even if your bmi is below 30 if you want to lose weight i'd always say to people lose weight first before having surgery because you're going to get a better result you're going to have a lower risk of complications and you're going to get a better result so yes you should ideally lose weight before surgery sally wilson's story is saying, do you charge for consultations? Sally, that's one of my questions tonight. So you've you've gone into one of my questions. So thank you for that. So um, the question was, why do we not offer free consultations? Well, um, we don't offer free consultations, Sally, as such. And I'll tell you why, because we used to offer free consultations. And I think there is something to be said for free consultations. And I've done a blog post about that as well, Sally, going back in the day a bit, that is. So I think there is something to be said for free consultations. And the reason I think there's something to be said for free consultations, two reasons. One is because a lot of people do it. And so therefore it's hard to compete. If loads of people are offering free consultations and we're saying, look, we want loads of money for consultations, then obviously we're at risk of maybe, you know, not seeing people that we would have perhaps like to have seen. And two, is because I completely I always say to people shop around look for you know look for your surgeon make sure you've got a rapport etc etc and so if you've got to pay hundreds of pounds to go meet the guy and then you don't get a rapport or you shop around and you meet another guy who's better or a better better rapport then you sort of feel like you could waste quite a lot of money or spend quite a lot of money uh, on those consultations so I completely accept that there's a an argument for it now the two reasons we don't offer it uh, Sally is because we are quite busy at the moment uh, and we are struggling to get people in 
anyway. So I think that would be even worse with free consultations. Um, uh, I think I would struggle to to, to give people the, the, the time. And the other reason is you do get a lot of DNAs. You do get a lot of people not turning up when you do free consultations. So in order to answer the questions and to, to, to combat that, there's two things I say to people. Number one thing is every Tuesday night I'm here. I'm doing this every Tuesday night. So if you don't want to pay for a consultation and if you've got a question or something you want to talk about, come on here at Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, totally free, gratis. I'm here and I will ask answer your questions and we can go over whatever you want to go over. So that's the first thing. But the other thing I say to people, that we don't really make the money on the consultations. We make the money on the uh, surgery, which is why a lot of people offer free consultations because it's not like another specialty if you're a skin doctor or a, or a cardiologist or a respiratory physician or something like that. Um, you might make a lot of your money from the consultations because you don't really make much money from the procedures, whereas we make our money really from the procedures. So um, I always say to people, if we haven't been helpful, if it hasn't really been what you hope for, if we don't gel, we don't connect, you think that was a load of rubbish, he doesn't know what he's on about, I wanted those implants, he says he can't do them, um, whatever, we will refund your consultation, no quibble, no questions, no, you don't have to prove anything. We'll just give you back your consultation because I don't want people to feel they're not getting value for money. I do feel that I do give value for money in the consultations, but if you feel that, you know what, that was not really what I was hoping, then we completely refund the consultation, no problem at all. So in that respect, I guess you could say it was a free um, consultation, but I completely understand it's not really a free one in terms of you don't have to, you know, a free one, I guess you don't have to pay for this one you pay for, but you can always get your money back if we can't help you. So that is where we are on the free consultation question, Sally. So I hope I've explained that, justified that. Amy Jade, okay, I see, not too bad then. I'm still unsure what I'm wanting slash needing. I want a lift for sure, but we'll come and talk about what would be best for me. Yes, Amy. Um, yes. Yeah, well, Amy, I always say there's two things with your breast, shape and size. And if it's shape, then a lift is the best way to do it. If it's size, then implants. But um, in fact, if they're too small, then it's implants. If they're too big, then it's reduction. So if it's shape, then yeah, a lift will probably be the way to go. If you're happy with the size, um, then I probably wouldn't mess with um implants however you could think of a reduction if they're big but uh happy to talk about it with you in real life amy and jane says thank you you're the best thank you jane very kind of you right i've got some questions here i'm going to get into my questions here so number one question is here i want larger breasts but don't want breast implants how does fat grafting work um well fat grafting works by sucking fat out of one area and inject it into the other area and it sounds great and it is great now you don't literally well you do literally i guess you don't um literally is not the right word you don't actually just suck the fat out and inject it straight in you have to process the fat before you inject it back in again so it is quite a long procedure because you have to process that fat and you're not really doing liposuction although you are sucking fat so i guess it is liposuction but it's not in the same way as doing normal liposuction which is in a high pressure you're sucking loads of fat out so you don't particularly contour the area where you're taking the fat from so it's not like oh, i'm going to have a smaller bum or better shaped hips or something it is quite subtle where you take the fat from um because you're taking out low volumes under low pressure and one of the one of the um uh limitations of fat grafting is that it is quite subtle because it is quite small volumes so i always warn people i always try and prepare them that it is quite subtle and it probably is not going to be a cup size 
So therefore, you often have to repeat it. So that is something to consider. So for me, it's not quite there yet for a predictable, significant increase in breast volume. But it is a thing for sure. And it's really good for sort of mild asymmetries, maybe just to build one breast up a bit. Um, or maybe some contour irregularities, it might be helpful. Uh, people got got visible rippling with implants, it might be helpful to get a bit of fat over the top. But it's not a great way to augment the breast. It's quite subtle, it's quite expensive, and it often needs to be repeated. Uh, but it's a lovely procedure. I love doing it. What is the scarring like for, heri uh, for mixed heritage on areola reduction? Right, well, the scarring for areola reduction in general is quite puckered up goes round your areola and it's quite puckered up because you're putting a big circle into a small circle. But I think this is getting at uh, the risks of uh, hypertrophical keloid scarring. And um, that is obviously something we worry about for anyone. It's, it's increased common in darker skin. So your darker skin, you've got an increased risk of um, uh, hypertrophic or keloid scarring. Now, it's really central here, shoulders and central is is where the risk of uh, hypertrophical keloid scarring around the areola is not a high risk area for keloid scarring so it's not a uh, a high um uh, probability of going going keloid but it is something to be taken into the mix now we would always ask you if you've had other scars and if they've been good then great if they have gone keloid then we worry and if you've got a family history of keloid scarring if you've got a family history of keloid scarring or you've got other scars on your body that have gone keloid then i would worry about having any sort of surgery particularly something like a cosmetic procedure like an areola reduction because we could cure one cosmetic problem and give you a different cosmetic problem however if you haven't got a history of keloid or hypertrophic scarring in yourself or in your family, um, just because you are darker skin, I don't think that would necessarily be something that you should not have the surgery for. Although obviously the scarring itself is something to consider whether you're happy to take on that scarring because it is on the front of the breast and you'd have to bring it into the mix. But it's not a huge risk for this sort of surgery. Um, why do we not offer free consultations? Well, if you want to know, ask Sally, because I told Sally a minute ago why we don't offer free consultations. Is liposuction a quicker recovery compared to a TT? Yeah, of course it is. Massive. Yeah, liposuction is a much quicker recovery compared to a TT. TT for viewers is um, tummy tuck. So tummy tuck is a big long scar in the lower abdomen as well as usually one scar around the belly button for a full tummy tuck. But a tummy tuck is a scar basically and a scar that uh, needs to heal. And it can take a long time for that scar to heal and to settle, etc. Um, liposuction is tiny little stab incisions. I mean, now there is quite, there is no question recovery with liposuction. It's quite bruised, quite swollen. You might get contour irregularities, dense bumps, bulges. So it does take months to recover from liposuction, no question, in terms of getting your full result. But while you're recovering, it's just a bit bruised and swollen and the scars are tiny. Whereas with a tummy tuck, you're bent over, you've got a big wound to heal with risk of wound healing uh, infections, etc., etc. So there's a significantly increased risk of problems and just generally a longer recovery. It's going to knock you back more than liposuction. It's a longer operation. Tummy tuck takes about three hours. Liposuction on its own would just be about an hour and a half or so. The only problem is liposuction in my hands is really good on the hips and, and the flanks on the side bits. It's not good on the central abdomen. That's the problem. So for the central abdomen, a tummy tuck is the best way to um, uh, contour it because you actually remove the skin of the central abdomen. So uh, tummy tuck is better. Um, 
uh, Amy Jade in on YouTube. Might sound daft, but what's the difference in reduction and lift? Do you still lift the nipple? That is not daft, Amy Jade. A reduction and a lift are a similar procedure. They're basically the same procedure, a reduction and a lift. That's why my frequently asked question guide is a frequently asked question about reduction stroke lifts because they're the same procedure. The marking is the same. The only difference is that the um, some breast tissue is removed when you do a reduction, where it's only skin is removed when you're doing a lift. And so the when you do a reduction, you have to isolate the nipple. You don't take the nipple off. Um, you still lift the nipple in the same way. You actually isolate the nipple on a stalk of tissue with a reduction, whereas a lift, you just sort of release the tissues and release the, the tissues around the nipple to help it to move up uh, higher up into the chest. So you do exactly the same markings and you uh, move the nipple in exactly the same way although you are taking tissue from around the nipple when you're doing a reduction, therefore a reduction is more expensive. Um, we send tissue away, so that's got to be looked at for histology. It's increased risk of um, problems, um, uh, problems with the vascularity, the nerve supply to the nipple, um, and it's just basically a bigger operation, a reduction than a, than a mastopexy. So it is a, a more expensive operation, but the technicalities of doing it are quite similar. The scarring, etc., is quite similar. So that's not a daft question. It's a good question, that one, Amy Jade. Thank you very much for that. Do we offer symmastia surgery? So this is a question from a patient today. And uh, when she asked the question, I immediately thought she had breast implants and had symmastia. So if you want to know what symmastia is, what, what's, what are you saying? You want to know what symmastia is? Well, I'll tell you what symmastia is because I've got a photo, right? Can you see that? I've got a photo. Let's put it on her Facebook. So symmastia is usually, I've got, to, I've got to be honest with you, full disclosure, I've got these photos off, in, off the internet. So I have done research um, prior to the question. So um, this is symmastia. So it's a web between the breasts and it's usually following breast augmentation. So, um, and it's because the, the pockets have been over dissected. And so the two pockets of the breast implants actually join each other and, um, and form a web between the breasts. I don't know, you probably can't put my arrow, but anyway, it's a web between the breasts and uh, a uniboob, people call it. It's unsightly and it can be if the implants are too wide and the pockets over dissected um, medially. Very difficult problem to correct, um, but it is possible to try and correct it. You probably have to downsize implants. Great indication for polyurethane foam implants because they're less likely to migrate in that pocket. Sometimes we need to use meshes or something to support that, that uh, implant medially so it doesn't fall into the pocket and go into the other side. Um, but it is extremely difficult problem to correct. And I don't want to sound unhelpful, but if this happens, the best thing is to not get it happening in the first place. Uh, but it, you know, that's not very helpful, is it? But, um, but it is extremely difficult problem to, to fix. Now, having said that, the patient who inquired today, she hasn't let me show her photos, at least last time I looked. So I'm going to show photos of someone else with um, Sinmastia, had not had surgery. So this patient had not had surgery. Um, uh, choose a different asset. So this patient had not had surgery and had congenital synmastia. So her breasts were just naturally built that way. The breast tissue um, went across into the middle and, and joined in the middle. Um, again, this is a stock photo, um, but it is, a, and this is um, more of a problem because this is actually breast tissue joining in the middle. So this is a, a difficult problem to fix because 
uh, she's actually got breast tissue joining the middle. And so we have to somehow import tissue and get into the valley, get to the depths of the valley there uh, to fix that. So that's extremely difficult to do something about. And um, to the extent that I would say it's not, uh, I think it's it's it would be beyond me to to fix that to fix a congenital or you're born with your breast that they're meeting in the middle. Sometimes people having a breast reduction have it naturally, and I always point it out to them and say, look, it will still be there, but it's extremely difficult. It would involve taking making flaps of tissue and trying to import some tissue so that you get a nice crisp definition between the breasts, and that would mean scarring um, into the into the um, into the into the fold which is an unsightly place for the um for the scarring and so very difficult if you've got synmastia that you're born with a web between your breasts that you're born with um so I, I think that would be a no or it was a no today to that patient i don't feel that we could help i spoke to curum actually curum was in the clinic with me today and i said to him what do you think have you got any anything for that and you know there are things that can be done, but it's just difficult surgery. It's scarring. It's just going to probably make it look worse than what it looks now. <clears throat> for, as I say, for synmastia following breast augmentation, that's a that's still difficult, but it's more, certainly more straightforward than synmastia uh, congenital that someone's actually born with. Scar removal. Now, this is a good question. Uh, and again, I asked the patient if we could send the photos, and she hasn't. So, so he actually he hasn't got back to us so i'm not going to show you his photo but i'll describe it basically he's a man with um, uh, a follicular challenge like myself with a scar on his head so he's got a completely uh, shaved head and he's got a scar on his head um here a little bit thick a little bit pigmented a little bit brown now the thing i always say to people for scar removal no one can remove the scar to my um i think one of our my web pages says scar removal is the name of the web page but um you know it's it's a it's it, you can't remove a scar all we can do as surgeons is create new scar so if you want a scar removed no one can remove it for you all we can do is change the scar so the thing that i say to people if they have got a scar is what's the problem with the scar now if it's just the fact that i've got a scar and i don't like the look of it tricky if there's a problem with the scar, then we might be able to help. Now, the problems would be dented in, bumped up, raised, red, stretched, wider than we liked, um, in a bad line, in a bad orientation, you know, somewhere on the scar across the face going that way, whereas the, the creases might be going the other way. So in an in a, in a, in a unfavorable orientation. You know, there are some things that we might be able to change. We might be able to change the orientation of it, might be make it less stretched, less bumpy, less dented. Those sorts of things we might be able to help with, less red. Um, so those sort of things we might be able to help with. But if there's not a specific problem with the scar, and it's just the fact you've got a scar, there's nothing really surgical we can offer. And I go back to the non-surgical things now. They do do things, these derma rollers, and goodness knows what they do for, for to try and improve the appearance of scars. But certainly surgically, there has to be a specific problem with the scar in order for us to help with it. With it. So this one was just a scar on the scalp. I'm like, well, that's just what it is. You know, it's a, it's a scar on the scalp. And unfortunately, he's lost his hair. So it's become obvious. Um, and, and yeah, so, so we can only help scars when they have a specific problem. 
So uh, last question here, this question says removal of dog ear. So this is a patient who has had a uh, uh, brachioplasty um, several years ago and um, uh, she had a brachioplasty several years ago. Would you consider doing dog ears plus a little tiny of the skin in the elbow area? Um, uh, the skin on my arms become a little lax with age and the issue is coming from this end of the original surgery. So in fact, it really needs it up for me as well so that I could wear sleeveless tops again without feeling self-conscious. So yeah, so this person is talking about dog ear removal. Now dog ears are little bumps at the end of the scar. And whenever you remove tissue, you get a dog ear. So anytime you remove tissue, you get a bump. Now we try and make the dog ear as short as possible, as small as possible. The smaller the dog ear, the way you make a smaller dog ear is you make the scar longer. Now, the problem with brachioplasty, it gives an arm going down to the elbow. And we try always not to cross the elbow when we do the surgery. Now, I haven't done this surgery. Uh, it's not bad. It's not a bad dog ear. No, not that I'm trying to make out this bad, but just to say I haven't, I haven't done this what this off. Um, and I would say always go best to go back to your original consultation. And I think we have um, the original surgeon. I think we have suggested that. But anyway, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, so... Um, so yeah, so the, the the scar goes down to the elbow. So in order to make a smaller doggy, you make a longer scar. So if you want to have the doggy removed, then then you could remove this dog ear um, because it is a little bump, but it's only a tiny little bump. But I would aim just get rid of that little tiny little bump, make the tired scar tiny little bit longer. Now aiming not to go past the um, elbow and just take a little bit of fat out from that area to try and move the contour in that area it's tricky because there's always a risk you get another dog ear smaller one but another dog ear and the dog ear will be further down your arm so you can end up chasing dog ears so you've got to get to a stage where you sort of quit basically um and I, this there's quite a few photos of this and this is probably the best photo i could i could get of it it's quite hard to see in photos which means it's not sort of obvious although it obviously bothers this patient the the other thing they've said is, would it include a small amount of liposuction if needs be? I'm very keen on any recommendations of skin tightening of my arms, quite frankly. Now, this is a different story. So there's one thing which is removal of dog ears, which is trying to get the contour a little better just at that end bit. But the other thing, if you start talking about skin tightening, do I need a bit of liposuction? So that's a completely different story. And one of the reasons people need a uh, brachioplasty, need an arm reduction, is because they've um, usually because they've lost weight and uh, the skin has been stretched and not recoiled. So there is already a problem with the lax laxity of the skin. The skin is quite lax. Now, when we do a brachioplasty, we make it as tight as we possibly can, but the skin that's left behind will also not be as tight as it was before you lost the weight. So your skin has been stretched and your skin um, has not got as much laxity as it used to have. And actually, if the contour looks all right, but you just feel the skin is lax, we can't do anything to make that better. Liposuction won't help. Liposuction will take fat out, but it looks like the contour is all right. In fact, if anything, too much has been taken out, which has accentuated the dog ear. So it, I don't think you need liposuction. Skin tightening is a different thing. Now, there are things that report to cause some degree of skin tightening, things like radiofrequency. These are external things that are put on your arm. And this goes back to the cosmetic doctor type people. Um, not sure whether Claire Oliver does that sort of thing down in Helian Arden. Um, I'm trying to think of someone around me who might do some kind of type of skin tightening. But, you know, there are cosmetic doctors, aesthetic practitioners, call them, they call them what you will. But they do often uh, talk about these machines that you can get. And I've seen and 
We've trialed these machines with radio frequency, et cetera, to cause a degree of skin tightening. But the problem is the bottom line is really hard to give that skin back its elasticity because aging and having been stretched by the weight loss has caused the problem. And so it's really so what I would say to you is the skin quality of the skin. Certainly, if I just to remove the doggy, there'll be no difference to the quality of the skin of your arm, no difference to the laxity of that skin. It will be what it is now. I can't give you back tightness to that skin certainly not by removing the dog ear and certainly not by doing some liposuction that is not going to give you any uh, tightness back in that skin of your arm it is just the fact that that skin has been stretched and it is it is the same skin that was there before but obviously there's less of it because you've had the brachioplasty so yes you could get rid of that tiny little dog ear at the end it would extend the scar try and avoid going past the elbow you don't really want to go past the elbow um but it would be quite a marginal improvement and so you've got to be careful um, getting your expectations here, it would just literally be removing that little bump that you can see on the photo here, and it would not be doing any significant skin tightening for the rest of your arm. Um, so Jade is in um, with a question. Stop sharing. Amy Jade, you've been a legend tonight, if you don't mind me saying. Still losing my weight, but can't wait till I'm at a point of booking in with you. Thank you, asked JJ okay ask kj i mean you can't have everything i do ask for the ask jj tag i'm going to take ask kj i don't know if there's another influence out there called kj who is benefiting from that uh that use of that tag but that uh, that hashtag yeah but amy you showed willing with trying and i do notice looking at the stream you have used the appropriate ask jj tag higher up so um you can ask KJ, see what his opinion on is, is but uh, this guy is JJ, but, you know, um, what the heck. So, yes, good. Good on you with the weight loss, Amy. Keep up the good work, and you will, as I say, get a better result when you're at your right weight, when you're at your ideal, comfortable and stable with your weight. You have to be those two things, comfortable and stable with your weight. It's really important. Ideally, BMI less than 30 if you can. There we go. Ask JJ, get the numbers in. Well done. Thank you for that. Um, right. I have got reason to believe I'm out of questions. Yes, I am. I'm out of questions. Wow. That was intense. Next week, I am on holiday. So um, Costa del Cornwall. And so I will. Have they got internet down there? They probably not got internet down there. I can joke about it because I used to live there. All right. I'm from Falamite. Falamite. Used to live in Falamite. And so, um, yeah, we'll be in Cornwall. Uh, I think the hashtag gets lost on YouTube live chat, unfortunately. Does it? Thanks, Amy. Um, yeah, I've got to be honest with you, Amy. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, just, just between you and me. I don't think there's anyone else here. Um, I don't know what I'm doing with the hashtag. I don't know if it makes any difference whatsoever. I keep on going on about using hashtag AskJJ. I completely made that up myself whether that is beneficial or not. Do people not do that any I don't really I'm not really up with the um up with the kids. I shouldn't say that because I'm now going to get loads of people on Instagram sending me messages saying do I want more followers and you know uh, whatever and help offering to help me with my social media. But um anyway, I don't, should I stop saying use the hashtag ask JJ Amy. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I don't know if it makes any difference whatsoever, but hey-ho. Um, yeah, so holiday next week, but a week after, 
Oh God, actually, you know what? I think we're going. We've got so we're going in a yurt the week after. So um, it's a two to two centre holiday. So I'm not sure if I'll be here the week after. Actually, although we have said if the kids complain so much they don't want to be in the yurt, I might come home with some of them, and my wife might stay. Anyway, I might not be here for two weeks, guys. Don't shoot the messenger. All right? Are you going to be okay? Ask your questions, save them up, because I'll definitely be here in three weeks, whenever the heck that is. I may or may not be here. What's your Instagram? My Instagram, Jess, is the Styano Clinic, I think. At the Styano Clinic, I think. I'm going to type it in. At, we try to be consistent at the Styano Clinic. Is my YouTube not that as well? Have I just posted something or not? No. Oh, I did. Um, I think it is, Jess. Uh, if it's not, message me again, and I'll look. I'll look. I don't know how to look what it is, but I think. Anyway, so I will be here definitely in two weeks. Anyway, three three weeks. You know, or would it be, well, two weeks. So if I say I'm here in one week, yeah, two, three three weeks. Anyway, I'm away for two weeks, but um, save up your questions. Because I'll be here in three weeks' time. I might be here in one, two, two, you know. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't think I should need to dwell on this because I don't really think you are that interested. But anyway, Jackie, um, thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely holiday. Thank you, Jackie. Very nice of you to say so, Jackie. I think it's fair to say is my biggest fan. Um, and um, always there, beginning and end, Jackie. Um, so thank you for that. And yeah it is good it is that so good um oh look i can show that that instagram thing look at that that's good isn't it oh look at that that looks good doesn't it oh 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 that looks good i like the way that looks yeah that looks good i'm getting lots of hearts on instagram thank you right i am gonna check out you crack me up. Thank you very much, Amy. That's kind. Right. I'm just going to put that back on just for your delectation. Uh, and I will be here in several weeks time to be specified. I'll, I'll try and do a post. I'll try and do a post in there earlier on the day to say I'm coming on. Uh, but obviously busy man. And, uh, you know, might be watching telly or doing something else. But anyway, without further ado, I'm going to check myself out of here. Love you big time. YouTube, massive thank you to Amy, both Amy's. We had two Amy's. We had Jess. Thank you, Jess. Uh, have a lovely holiday. Thank you. Um, massive thank you on YouTube. We had Slim with Bex, Jackie always, and all my other uh, Instagram fans. Thank you. Um, and let's not forget the original Facebook. Thank you all. So uh, see you in a few weeks' time. Wish me luck. I hope the weather's good. And I'll be back at some um, unspecified time. See you whenever, Amy. Yeah, see you whenever. Checking out here. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.